podcast starts. Hello everyone. If this is your first time listening to the show, then welcome. And if you're a returning listener, well welcome back and thanks for sticking with us. This show talks about horror. Horror in film, TV, other media, other items which we think of as adjacent to horror, and sometimes other things from our lives which we'd like to talk about just because that's who we are. This week we're returning to the wonderful Shudder original movie Host, which we discussed a few episodes back. This time we're going to have uh, the, the second half of our interview with the director Rob Savage going into some spoilerish behind-the-scenes secrets. And then uh, we're going to have a, a full kind of spoilery discussion about the film. So basically, if you haven't seen the film yet, this is your last chance to go and watch it. If you do go on listening to this podcast without seeing the film, we're going to ruin most of the film for you. Um, which, you know, some of you may enjoy. Um, so we, we have a number of hosts who vary week to week, but I'm T.D. Velasquez, although you can call me Dan. I'm in Greater Manchester, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by... Stella, also in Manchester. Welcome back, Stella. Hello. And a little later, we'll also have um, Kirsty back with us for the spoiler discussion... And also, we'll be joined by Ian Winterton for that. So, how are you doing, Stella? I'm very, very tired. <laughs> it's been the right. first week back to teaching at the university, and all my stuff is online, so it's been as manic as you think. It was always going to be manic. It was always going to be difficult with students figuring out what to do, how to work it, me figuring out how to work it. So I was expecting the week to be difficult. And then, on Wednesday afternoon... My week was made even more difficult by the keyboard on my laptop deciding it didn't want to work anymore and therefore rendering <laughs> my laptop entirely unusable when I'm supposed to be doing all my work from home and teaching from home. Um, I'm skint, so I can't afford a new one. Um, so, oh, yeah, no. so that was a nice stress. So I spent most of Wednesday night and Thursday day in between classes frantically researching and Googling what, laptops are good and what's bad and oh yeah so that's been a bit stressful anyway i'm borrowing my daughter's laptop um for now and i'm gonna have to try and figure out what i'm gonna do for next week so yeah an already stressful week was made even more stressful by a hardware fail oh no it reminds me of a line from red dwarf when Crichton says the machines just can't take it so because (laughs) now that so many people in the country are working from home yep you know, um, I've had hardware issues with my work laptop, and I have at least two other people in in the office who mm-hmm. also have. And I imagine that like IT departments around the country are tearing their hair out. Oh, absolutely! Going, what can we do? Yeah, well, just um, while I was sort of window shopping, I suppose, looking at laptops on my phone, all loads of the places from where you buy laptops, loads of the stuff is um, out of stock. I think everyone's gone. Oh. I need a laptop and I need one now. So it's been really, yeah, I haven't bought one, but yeah, that's been my week. But apart from that, I've survived the first week and nothing was a complete disaster. So it's all right, but now I'm ready for a lie down. That's an achievement and it is Friday. It is Friday. Hopefully you can have a lie down soon. Okay, so I'm going to talk about my week briefly and use that as a segue into our first news item. Um, I'm just kind of quite tired as well. Uh, work's been fairly full on for a month and I've been ill uh, kind of repeatedly. I somehow have an ability to get colds even when shielding. <laughs> that, 
That's like a supernatural power. Maybe that's my my superpower. Maybe it is. Um, so I'm uh, yes, I'm flu man. Um, <laughs> Gem oh boy. Oh dear. The least popular superhero, especially at the moment. Um, and part of the reason I've been very busy is, of course, because we're building up to Grimfest mm-hmm. next week, the uh, the horror film festival in Manchester. Although actually, all over the UK. Um, now that it's online, I I don't really know the geographical boundaries of, uh, you know, uh, where you can access it from in the world. I mean, I know that when Fright Fest happened, it was only the UK and yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Um, but for Greenfest, I'm not too sure. Um, so we've, we've um, as the listener knows, we've already put one episode out of uh, interviews with some of the filmmakers. And because the festival actually begins on Wednesday... Which is which is the seventh of October, this Wednesday coming. We're going to put a couple of bonus episodes out in between now and then, with uh, some more interviews and behind the scenes previews. Um, so just kind of gathering all that stuff has been filling up my spare time as well. Mm. Oh, but that um, that's very much um, looking forward to it. I, I've obviously, although I've been involved in the podcast like yourself, Stella. Um, you know, I haven't seen all the films that I've heard interviews about, mm. um, and some of them do sound quite fun, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. Um, especially Unearth, the fracking horror movie, yeah. as it's known. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, uh, so that's what I've been thinking about. Um, uh, did you have any news you wanted to discuss this week? Yeah, it's just a little thing, but. Um... You know, 16-year-old me was very excited about it. The trailer for the new uh, Craft film called The Craft Legacy has arrived and it's in and around all your online places if you want to go and have a look at it. I thought it looked all right, but, you know, that's trailer's a trailer. Um, The actual film is out on October the 28th. And when I say out, I think uh, maybe available in some cinemas, but I think they're going for an online release as well. But yeah, the trailer's available, won't take you long to Google it, and I think it looks all right. I mean, it didn't make me recoil in horror, but then you do know that I quite like a remake anyway. I don't know if this is a full remake. Yeah, I'm, I can't quite work it out. Or but a kind of soft reboot. Yeah. The, the fact that it's called Legacy suggests that it's got some kind of awareness of the history yeah. behind it. Well, one of the so. moments in the trailer, the central character, she's looking at a photograph of, of Nancy, so whether they're doing it, oh. she's a relation of Nancy's or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I shall watch it. And like I said, 15, 16 year old me is very, very happy about this. Oh, great. You know what? I've never seen The Craft, actually. Oh, that's your um, homework for this week. <laughs> yeah, well, it's something I look forward to seeing. Um, you know, it, because of um, it came out around the same time that Scream did and, yeah. and it has Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich. And yeah. somehow I missed it, but but have been intending to catch up with it for twenty odd years, <laughs> and I've never got round to it. So so maybe I'll do a double bill when it comes yeah. around because its stature has increased over the years as well. Yeah, I think people thought it was quite good at the time, but it's remained kind of a popular and, and important film Definitely. for a certain audience over over the last two decades. So that's cool. Um, the other bit of news I want to mention because it's relevant to the main topic of this episode, is old news now that the listener who is, you know, well plugged in in the horror realm probably knows, but we're going to mention it anyway because we haven't mentioned it before. So Rob Savage, the director of Host, who we'll be talking to today, 
um, has signed a deal with Blumhouse Productions, um, a three-picture deal. So, uh, this is off, off the back of the success of Host. Um, it was at the start of September that this news came out, and so we're just mentioning it now. But it's so exciting um, because we've kind of we've talked about Blumhouse a few times and kind of made fun yeah. of them a bit, but they are a huge force in Absolutely. cinema. And and they bring out some really great movies, and the you know they they've got that um, commercial ability mm. to know when to churn out cheap stuff that will make money, yeah. but probably isn't very good. <laughs> um, but also, you know, they're behind some of the best movies of the last few years, and they yeah, support true. some really interesting filmmakers. Mm. So, yeah, they're um, definitely they're important for horror for sure. Yeah, and I think uh, it will be borne out a bit in our interview. Um, One of Rob's work ethics, I think, when crafting host was we need to get this done as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. (laughs) And that will be like, Blumhouse will have gone, what? You can do that and it's good? And it's good. (laughs) Come over here, son. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And he's doing that at the same time as his um, deal with Sam Raimi and the production that he's doing for those and and a few other things that he mentioned to us. So he's going to be a busy man. And not just him, of course, but the whole team behind Host seems to be on board with... uh, Certainly the Blumhouse deal specifically says... You know, it's going to involve the same writers, the same editor, mm-hmm. the same producer as host. So, um, yeah, I mean, just yeah. for for British horror in general, you know, this is this is good news, isn't it? It is because it's the first time. Every now and then, a British horror film comes out that's good, but mm. rarely does the director get to follow it up with yeah. something. Yeah. You know, in the same genre. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the fact that we're going to have three. Rob Savage horror movies. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. And um, such a, a success for homegrown talent. Yep. Okay, so on that note, shall we just segue into a few weeks ago when we talked to Rob? Yeah. And then after that, there'll be a transition and the listener will hear me, thee, and Kirsty and Ian <laughs> talking about host in spoilerific fashion. And you and I, Stella, will be, will be back at the end of the show with our customary recommendations. You said uh, that Ghostwatch was a major influence and you mm. must be delighted by how warmly uh, Stephen Volk has spoken about the film on Twitter, so that's good. Yeah. Um, was there anything specific about Ghostwatch that you sort of pulled into host or that inspired you to, to create the scares? And I must say that the scares have disturbed my sleep for two nights now. So. <laughs> yeah. And when I'm being a shit parent later on, that's your fault. I'm you. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So anything in particular about Ghostwatch that's, that you found inspiring for this? I mean, I, I think I should say that j- just as I'm sure with you, Rob, you know, Ghostwatch is something that's been very important to all three of us. One, yeah. Certainly one of the most frightening films that we've ever yeah. uh, experienced. Yeah. I totally so. believed it. <laughs> it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I think like... I mean, we totally ripped it off for this movie, just in terms of like the, the kind of, the, the, you know, those first sightings of pipes where, it's, where you're kind of, you're not sure if you've seen what you've just seen. That was something we really were looking at in the, in the early stages with the legs and the kind of hidden, uh, you know, the hidden sightings of our, of our demon um, in the background of people's frames. Because there's lots of like, 
the internet spotted quite a lot of it, but there's there's quite a lot of hidden moments where our demon is actually lurking in the frame um, during like quite benign scenes. And we, so we stole all that off Ghostwatch. And then also like the way that Ghostwatch kind of goes a bit nuts at the end was kind of like we ba we basically just watched Ghostwatch and we were like, let's just let's just do it. <laughs> and, and, um, and also like you know we like me and Jed Shepard who who. You, we write a lot of this stuff together a lot of these these horror movies we've been making and we've always been trying to find we've always been trying to think if you could do like a modern day ghost watch but we figured that probably with the internet and with twitter you probably can't pull it off to the same extent but i think but it, so i think this is as close as we'll get to doing a ghost watch in that because we're all everyone's in everyone's watching and they're all in the same situation as the characters mm -hmm. they're all communicating this way mm -hmm. You know, it's been really gratifying to see people saying, oh, I thought I was, you know, I thought it was on the call. When the pop-up comes up, I move my mouse to try and click it away. Like, just like it's kind of half, halfway to being as, as involving as Ghostwatch yeah. was when I first saw it. Yeah, yeah. I think it is the new Ghostwatch. And I think it Ghost will become an enduring, just like Ghostwatch is now, you can't just show it to someone, you have to explain the context to them if they weren't around when it mm -hmm. was made. Yeah. And it will be the same for this, because hopefully in only a couple of years, no one will remember everybody being on Zoom all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, certainly not future the, generation. No, totally. So it's, it's, I think that was the thing we were going for, is trying to balance it. Like, we wanted it, you know, um, it just naturally naturally it's going to be a bit of a time capsule but at the same time we wanted it to be enough of a fun scary horror movie that you could stick it on five years from now and um and it'll still be a good time yeah yeah uh, i think it will be um so this is something that intrigued me um apparently uh kirsty's let us know that um, some of the cast thought salem was a genuine medium uh, yeah yeah is that, is that, how did that <laughs> work then know. <laughs> because all of the cast, you know, obviously you have worked with you before, or most of them um, yeah. have. So, and, and they knew they were making a movie. Um, but what did you say to them about um, Salem? Well, we held, I mean, we held a lot of stuff back and they'd already, like as part of the research for the, for the film, we got them all to do a real seance on, on Zoom. I got, like, I know, I know quite a few mediums just from researching horror movies over the years, and we got a real medium to come on and do a seance just to see how they'd react. And, um, and some weird shit happened. Like, a lot, of, a, lot of the stuff that, like, a lot of the stuff that happens in the first half of the movie actually happened in our, in our um, original seance. Like, our medium did, her internet did cut off, and we had to, she had to phone us, and we had to shut down the seance ourselves. Right. Big, a big book came off came off Gemma's shelf, and she she started crying and having a panic attack, and it was really like it really ended up being quite full on. Um, but you know, and, and and coming from the prank video, I knew that I wanted to keep some of that kind of prank aesthetic, I guess. Like, and 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 I wanted to try and get re genuine reactions wherever I could, and so yeah, we told the cast. Who are, who are absolutely scared, absolutely terrified of, do, of, of doing anything that kind of meddles with the spirits. Um, anyway, we told them that Salem was a real medium. Um, and we kind of, like, the way I kind of pitched it to them was like, well, if we're, if, we're, if we're doing this and we're acting this out, it's probably better to have somebody who knows their shit to like, if something goes wrong, they can, they can kind of wind it down. And so we kept Salem separate from them. They didn't, they didn't meet her until the day. I made sure that, 
after when I called cut, she, she turned her video off and muted herself. So, so they weren't interacting with her apart from in character. And, um, and then at the end of the, the first few days when we were doing the seance, we got, we got Salem to come back on and, and she got everyone to close their eyes and deep breathe. And she shut down the seance and basically said, okay, you're safe now. So everyone could go and sleep at night. But then when, when the real scary shit started happening, I told them that Salem wasn't available. So, the, so, that, so as far as they were concerned, the seance was still open and the spirits were still in their house. So, um, so they really got freaked out those last few days. Did any of them feel awkward about, because um, you got got character Teddy saying, do a shot every time she says astral plane. Did any of them feel a bit, oh, I feel like a bit of a dick actually, you know, yeah. being, being mean to someone who, who believes in this stuff. Yeah. Did, did, was anyone going, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, massively, especially especially Gemma. She'd be like, even though Salem would like, would 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 hide herself, as soon as we called cut, Gemma would be like, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, Salem. Like, <laughs> I really respect what you do. <laughs> Oh, you're mean. <laughs> um, can I ask about the um, uh, the the stunts? Because yeah, there's you know again, a, a, my kind of obviously watching stuff on Twitter. Yeah, um, where that you sort of the the VFX element isn't quite as you know as big as you might have, you know yeah. think. And it seems that VFX would be a way around kind of doing some of those things in particularly in our, you know, in lockdown. Yeah. Um, so can you speak a little bit about the kind of stunt process, about how that was coordinated about, well, sure. you, know, you know, again, how the actors are kind of prepared to do that stuff safely? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it was really important to us, you know, again, because because found footage is quite exposing, that, that it was really important to us that most of the effects were, were in camera. Mm. Um, and like one of the first things, well, well, first of all, like big shout out to Lucky 13 Action, who, who, who again, a couple, a couple of mates of mine who I've worked with before, who uh, coordinated all the stunts and figured out kind of creative ways around it. Um, basically, what we did is, you know, we sold it to Shudder without... A script or anything and um one of the first things we did is we we made a big list of like cool people who we knew were just sitting around at home not doing anything who might be able to kind of help us out and like there's there's a few stunt people that i know who are actually who are actually locked down in a house together with a stunt coordinator and stunt riggers so like basically everyone you need to like legally safely do all these crazy things we're living in a house together and didn't need to leave to do them so I'm lucky <laughs> yeah which is, which is amazing and then and then there was somebody who did pyrotechnics and there was another person who did sfx and so so we made this big list and we were like oh we'll work this into the script we can do this here and it was like it was kind of a back to front process um there's a few uh, a few stunts because we shot we shot just uh the first week was in was in 100 lockdown and the second week was in uh, was when Boris had opened up slightly. So, so for a couple of the couple of the bigger stunts, we were able to get some fully hazmated stunt performers mm. into the into the houses at a safe distance. But um, but for the most part, it was done just through kind of clever editing on on uh, Brenner's part. Like you know, using um, Emma as an example, like her her house is actually like a composite of five different houses. Okay. So. Her bedroom, her bedroom is her bedroom. Then she comes downstairs and we do it. We do a hidden cut and suddenly she's in my kitchen and it's me dressed as Emma in bunny slippers doing all the flower stuff and making the cupboards explode. And then, 
the lights start to flash and she whips the camera up and we hide a cut in the whip pan and the light exploding is something that our pyrotechnics guy filmed in his, in his living room. And then the lights go off and when she's run and then she runs out of the darkness up the stairs and that's her stunt double dressed as her in a stunt house getting pulled up into the air and falling down on the floor. And then we hide a cut there and she's back in her own house. And then when she goes out the window in the blur of the camera falling, we go to another stunt house, which was set up to do the fall from the window. So, it, you know, we just found kind of ways to do it. Wow. To, to, to trick you into thinking you were seeing it happen to the real people. Brilliant. Oh, Thank you. That's cool. really interesting. As, yeah. as a film geek, I love hearing explanations of that, how that stuff comes together. So thank you. No worries. Um, it was really fun. So I think you've already partially answered this, Rob, but um, because it sounds like you actually shot it as a Zoom call. I was wondering if any of it was like separate shots that were placed together. I mean, obviously this, with the stunts, you must have had to do that, but yeah. um, you know. Well, well, we, what, actually, what, we actually what, didn't, well, we, we, we set it up so that, you know, like I said, all the actors only had, that, like a lot, of their, a lot of the script was red active for all the actors. They only knew their own parts. Um, and what we did is, what we did is the first few days of the shoot, we individually shot with the actors and shot all of their scares and their stunts and all the kind of big surprises without the other actors knowing. Um, and then we cut it, we cut it together. We put in the sound effects, we made it all scary. And then, and then we, then I started working with the group and we shot chronologically. And what I was able to do is then I was able to like the prank video, I was able to pump these, these scenes in, in real time onto the zoom and film their genuine reaction. So a lot of what you're seeing, is them being genuinely surprised, genuinely jumping at things that um, they had no idea were coming. Like Emma, Emma freaking out when we set Teddy's face on fire at the end. Because <laughs> she, she didn't know that Teddy, that Teddy's, Teddy's a qualified stunt person as well as an amazing actor. And she, but she had no idea, the cast had no idea. So um, when his face goes up, that's genuinely her just freaking the fuck out. Um, <laughs> yeah. You could blame that. No, absolutely. But, but, on the, on the, the notes I made when I was watching the yeah. film, I think I've got written here as if you've burned Teddy. I <laughs> know. <laughs> it's, it's as simple. It's as simple as that. Like that's the answer to most of the questions that people ask. Like, how did you do that? We just kind of we just did it for real. Like we just, we 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 um burnt Teddy. And um, I said But the, but but what you were saying about Zoom is interesting because because a lot of people assume that we just did like a screen record on a Zoom call like this. But um, which was the plan originally. But I was really terrified that if you know we'd be spending all this money on setting Teddy on fire and the internet connection would go, or there'd be some <laughs> yeah. interference or whatever. It's just so unreliable. So actually, what we did is we got everyone to like. This is what I mean about the film being being stuck together with sticky tape. Like we literally we got everyone to, to get their iPhone and to like put it behind behind the um, the laptop uh, so that the 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 camera on the phone was was pretty much in the same position as the laptop. Um, yeah. camera and then we we were all on a zoom call so we could talk to each other and I could monitor it but we knew we were getting kind of like these yeah. 1080p shots of um, uh, everyone's close up and we had that and it wasn't reliant on the internet and then we had to build all of the different zoom interfaces with all of those graphics all those graphics we made ourselves and pieced together and this is like big shout out <laughs> to our, like, our amazing producer Douglas Cox um, some because somebody basically had to go through and time code every single time there's a change every single time 
and position of, of a name or, or so, so and so has joined the meeting and that there ended up being almost 4,000 individual graphics that needed wow. to be added in. and somebody yeah. had to go and, and Doug it was either it was it either had to be me or Doug because we we knew the film better than anyone else and I definitely wasn't going to do it so Doug <laughs> went through for three days and time coded every oh single thing. Oh my gosh um, I mean I, we, we were talking yesterday sort of our kind of responses to the film and I was saying about how that does those little kind of little notifications that come up before yeah. with with Caroline and yeah. the screen the kind of smashing of the yeah. and yeah. just like <laughs> so that's just, I mean, that's just it is a wonderful moment so I'm, I'm yeah so again just knowing the the effort that goes in and that kind of leads on kind of ni nicely to the next question which is really about the kind of use of the zoom features mm -hmm. so i understand that you had to talk did you, you drop permission from zoom to use yeah yeah, yeah zoom were, zoom were really chill about it they um uh because i was really worried i was really worried like i don't think i would have done it if we couldn't have used the zoom interface because it always feels like it always pulls you out of a movie when people use yeah. fake, like yeah. you know, fake Facebook or fake Google or whatever. But no, Zoom was super chill about it, and um, uh, they didn't mind that we were using all their features to kill people. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but was, was it was it a kind of case of thinking that you really wanted to make the most use of all of those kind of things that are usually used quite sort of you know innocu innocuously or kind of quite yeah innocuously? yeah it was it was like it wasn't so much like we didn't want to be the, the, the zoom movie we didn't want to make it like totally you know like I, I, there's there's been a lot of like comparison to movies like unfriended and a lot of like negative like people being quite negative towards unfriended which is a movie i really love actually i love it yeah yeah i think it's fucking great but um uh but we didn't want to like go quite as screen life as, as they did and have you know we wanted to kind of keep the top and bottom bars and remind you that you're constantly that you're on that you're on a zoom call um, and make people feel like they were part of a zoom call but i didn't want too much stuff where you were moving the cursor around and uh, mm -hmm. popping up other windows because i think that always pulls you out of it so you know we were keen to to use the zoom features well only, you know just just because we thought it was just because we thought it was a good gag um you know the, the the looping looping background was one that we definitely knew we wanted to do something with and, uh, that was a brilliant idea, and I felt very a very nice ghost watch callback. I thought as well. Yeah, um, yeah, that was fantastic. There's... And also the, the digital face mask on the demon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what Emma Emma because again they're all just friends friends of mine that, that I hang out with, and Emma Emma does go crazy for the filters. I mean, if anyone follows her Instagram. <laughs> it, um, it, that all came from her just just fucking around with the filters anyway. Um, but really, really, it was just about, it, it was less about like, how can we, how can we make it as Zoom specific as possible? And it was more about like, well, what are the things that we've seen endlessly during these last two months of lockdown? And how can we subvert that? How can we find things that people are frustrated with and put a horror spin on them? Because, um, you know, horror, like you're always, you're always trying to think of horror ideas that people are going to take home with them. And that they they're going to be um, thinking about when they go to bed at night, and the fact that the fact that everyone's in the same situation right now felt like good fodder for um, for some horror. Yeah, and I think it's, it's Stella and I were talking earlier about the way in which the film has sort of reframed Zoom calls and kind of video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, you know, somebody going off to use the loo or you know noises off screen or. Yeah. 
you know, kind of, it's like there's, you've managed to frame the whole thing with much more horror than than we had a week ago. So. Yeah, well, that's good. If I could, if I can, if I can have made the world a little bit you know, a scarier place. <laughs> that's what definitely what we needed. Yeah, more exciting, more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the that was the thing that like blew us away. It's like I didn't realise that the film was really that scary. I thought it was we can't we, like we we'd obviously tried to put some some fun scares in there, but but it, like when we were making it, it was we were talking about it more as this kind of like roller coaster ride, and it was meant to be. I don't know. I think we thought that it was a bit fluffier than than it actually than it actually ended up being, and and it was really amazing. It's been really amazing to see because it's just one of those things you can't really you can't really plan, you, you can't really, you know, building that sense of dread isn't something that you can really do, do by design. And it's amazing that people watch it and, and feel that way. And that's been, that's been so lovely that, that because it makes those, you know, makes those scares towards the end land even harder. I think if, you, if you're yeah. already leaning forward and you're already on edge. Yeah. Yeah, and I think think the relationship as well between obviously because you know they seem to be friends. It seems so genuine, so convincing yeah. that you you know you. I think as a viewer, you just become that much more invested in them um, yeah. as a group of characters to you know kind of go through the mill with. Um, exactly, it, that was so important. I mean, that's why that's that's why I wanted to definitely just cast my friends who I knew had already had a good chemistry. Yeah, because um, yeah, the, the scares don't count for anything unless you care about the characters. No. No. I watched it on Sunday afternoon during the day with a cup of tea in my dining room in full blazing sunlight and I was still definitely uncomfortable <laughs> watching it. I just I'd pause it at one point because the back door was open and it was creaking because it was just a yeah. creaky door and I had to get up and go, I'm going to close that door, I think. And then I went upstairs because my daughter was upstairs because obviously I didn't let her watch it because she's 11. Yes. Um, and when I'd watched it and it had finished and I went upstairs to just go and see her to just, you know, get yeah. some normal back. <laughs> so can you just talk to me for a minute? I'm a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are very brave sitting with the, with the door behind you. I mean, that's like rule yeah. number one. Put your back <laughs> against the wall. So the worst, <laughs> thing, the worst thing behind this, this, this door is an annoyed cat. Yeah, oh, that, that cats behind that door as well. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just quickly ask? So going back to the stunt with Teddy. Yeah. So was that real fire? I just assumed it was like CGI. No, oh, no, uh, no, we just we just lit him up. Um, oh, on uh, his face. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just had. Right. We just covered him in accelerant and just lit a match. It was no, no. I mean, it was more. It was more complicated. Than that. We had a whole, <laughs> with, you know, he, he, home, he was. He was. We. You know. I. To, to this. To this day, I still haven't met Teddy in real life. Um, he's. He's the only person. He was the. The only addition to the. To the group. Um, but he's such a great actor and has such a great chemistry with them that you totally buy him as yeah. being, you know, mm -hmm. a long-time friend. I'm actually, I'm, we, we're doing socially distanced wrap drinks in the park this weekend. <laughs> you get to meet Teddy for the first time. Wow. Um, but he, we cast, yeah, we cast him not only because he's a great actor, but also because we could set him on fire and he was in a, you know, he was, um, uh, he was set up to, to do that within all the guidelines. And um, it's, it's really nerve-wracking doing dangerous stunts like that from a I mean there's nothing I would have been able to do on set but just being there makes it feel yeah like you could maybe do something but we were having to watch fire you know it was, it was like two or three in the morning 
and I'd been shooting all day and I was frazzled. And then suddenly you're seeing this guy like go up in front of you. It's very surreal and very yeah. nerve wracking. And it, it takes a while as well before, um, before you know if it's all okay. Because they've got to make sure all the fires, all the fires off, and then he'll kind of like Terminator Two or kind of <laughs> put a thumb up. Um, uh, but yeah. It, was, yeah, it was really we only did we only did it once. I hope so. <laughs> all right, listeners, you've just heard our spoiler chat with Rob, uh, the director of Host, and now we have gathered to have a spoilerific review. Um, there's myself, Dan, and there's also Stella. Say hello. Hello. Hello, Kirsty. Hello. And there's Ian. Say hello, sir. Hello, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. Sharp as ever. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have a spoilery review. So, um, well, before we go into the spoilers, Ian, you weren't here for our initial review. So can, because obviously the listeners will know that Kirsty, Stella and I loved the movie. But what were your initial thoughts? Um, I love the movie too. Yay. Um, Yay. So, uh, despite as we uh, as we found out when we were talking about Paranormal Activity, that I'm not as keen on those films. Um, although I do love Blair Witch Project and I do love Ghostwatch, um, and I've never, but I've not seen Paranormal Activity three, which is the one that um, Rob seems to have shown everybody. Yeah, we, yeah, must, we come must come to that. that. Yeah. We must come yeah. to that. That seems that to, he didn't. He didn't mention the first two. He just says I showed everyone number three, <laughs> which is the one that's kind of a prequel set in the eighties. Yeah. So it probably does stand on its own, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's definitely a future podcast, I think. But yeah, no. Just generally, I absolutely loved it. Um, a bit jealous of it because I'd been thinking, God, doing something set on Zoom, some sort of horror, that'd be a good idea. But you know, it's locked down, and you never get around to anything. <laughs> and then he he goes and uh, makes an actual full-on movie, um, which is just pretty amazing, really. Um, and well done to Shudder yeah, for, yeah, uh, yeah. for just for just deciding for you know somebody needs uh, to get a promotion. Whoever went, loads of people mm. are going to be signing on to uh, watching TV. Yeah. What yeah. we need is some content that will make everybody at least pay five ninety nine. And before they disappear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know anybody who was on Shudder before, and now I know everybody I know has signed on to Shudder. Yeah, yeah. So whenever I talk about the film, it's always been, well, you can just get it for the week trial, and you know, just get Shudder for a bit. So I think everybody, all the fans of Host, have been doing Shudder. Some big, big favors for Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they must have done because I know just just personally, and it's the same thing's happened with lots of people. I was like, oh well, I'll go on for five ninety nine, and I'll literally before I've even watched the film, I unsubscribed just to be a cheapskate because I've got so many. <laughs> I've literally got so many, so many. I've done that so many times. Get the, get you know, pay five ninety nine. I didn't really want to pay because the months come round or the free trials come to an end. I thought I was so clever, and then literally a few days later, I, my wife wanted to watch it, so I clicked on, and obviously you pay five ninety nine to uh because you the seven days is up <laughs> so it's uh so it got yeah. me which is fair enough because yeah. you know five ninety nine to watch a movie twice is uh is not bad value for money it's really yeah I think I've now watched it three times because I watched it with my twelve year old as well 
who loved it. Wow. wow. So, uh, dad. <laughs> I've seen it three times. Seeing as we're we're playing um, host bingo, how many times have you seen it, Kirsten? I've 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 seen actually only seen it twice. But can I just come back to the whole um, subscription point? Because I think they've just just this week um, passed one million subscribers. Oh wow! Yeah, I saw that on the social media. Yeah, Yeah. so I think a lot of that is being attributed to host. And and just to kind of you know reiterate what what Ian said really about the kind of you know well done shadow. But but you know it's more impressive given the fact that they didn't have a plan or a script or anything. It was just you know the the bravery of a company just to kind of go okay well well, you know what can you do? We'll support you. Mm. Um, it's fantastic. So um you know very savvy move. Um and you know given a, a a strong platform yeah. to some great filmmakers. Yeah, the pitch yeah. was the pitch was here's our personnel list. Here's my contacts yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we'll. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, so, so I've only, I've only seen it twice. Only partly because I don't, like, I've enjoyed it massively. T- uh, you know, kind of both times, but I just, I, it's like a, like a treat if that makes any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I don't want to. Just watch it. I know. I know lots of people have, and they really mind it for the Easter eggs and stuff like that, and and that's great and and fine if you've got the time to do that. I don't have the time to do that, and I would rather just. <laughs> yeah. You know, Who are these people? This, I, well, yeah. People, <laughs> possibly people still on furlough. I think maybe. Um, yeah. How about you, Stella? How many times have you seen it? Well, I feel a bit bad now. I've only seen it once. <laughs> but well, you know. You know I'll Here we it. are to assure you that it stands up to repeated viewing. Yeah, can, I'll watch it again. I'm sure in your line of work you'll be watching it a lot in the future. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, because as well, you have to remember in my house, I'm the only person that likes horror. So if I'm going to watch a horror film, I'm generally having to watch it on, on my own. And uh, Owen's currently still furloughed, so he's just at home all the bloody time. So I haven't got time to see <laughs> as much horror as I would normally watch because he's... Always there, isn't he? Wanting to be with me and <laughs> watch something with me. <laughs> so rude of him. Husband. It's, a, it's a problem with couples because my wife hates horror as well. So right. host was good because it was, it was she was able to watch it knowing it was just an hour long and she enjoyed it. Um, even though it scared the Jesus out of her, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I even mention, I'd love you to watch The Exorcist because it really is such an amazing film. She just yeah, almost yeah. cries at the thought because she's been told <laughs> by her family, don't ever watch that film because yeah, of the way yeah. you react to films. The host is the exact kind of horror. Fun. Yeah. Well, host is the exact kind of horror that Owen will, will hate. He just won't, he won't be able to watch it. It'll, it'll really freak him out. Like He could watch The Exorcist and, you know, Halloween and things like that and it, it wouldn't bother him but host is the exact kind of thing where he'd be like nope, nope, turn this off, nope, don't like it, don't like is it. Is that because so. of the jump scares? and? Um, Jump scares and just the stuff going on in the background in the shadows and that because certainly, I mean you are kind of with all horrors anyway but particularly with host because you're just so drawn in onto these screens like this you're yeah. so tense waiting for something and it's that waiting that he just can't can't deal with it don't like it you can't deal with suspense particularly yeah but it's when it's yeah. very very suspenseful and there's nothing else to look at apart from this small screen it's just like nah i'm not watching well, well, that kelly kelly, no. kelly my wife is similar but i think for some reason this felt more like i don't know just she went with it 
she was scared mm. a lot, mm. which is mm. really fun. I love watching films with my wife, and she'll actually. I got her to watch The Witch once, and she lasted. Once. <laughs> and I said, Oh, you'll like this film. It's a sort of period costume. You like period <laughs> costume. And then when the baby got killed, she was a bit like, Oh, so this, you said this wasn't that scary. I went, Well, the baby does get killed. I forgot to mention that. And then, and then she lasted about half half of the film, and then she ran screaming from the room <laughs> and couldn't handle it. But yeah, but the host, she she found it really scary but fun. It it, it hit that sweet spot, I think, of being a scary movie, which is why I think a lot of teens, which is kind of the movie it apes, isn't it? Sort of watch this at a slumber party or whatever, or or you know when you're fourteen. Um, yeah. yeah, and it'll sort of be the sort of film that changes your life, <laughs> just like you were saying before. Paranormal Activity is to some generations, and yeah, and those. Well, on that note, I think it's time we got into the spoilers. Then, well, so, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, I'm going to go first, if that's all right, with my spoiler thoughts, just because my spoiler <laughs> thoughts include my only criticisms of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to get negative stuff kind of out of the way because I have now watched it three times. <laughs> get me. I say that again. Um, I, I watched it today and uh, I was in bed with a cold and it was broad daylight and I could hear children playing in the playground outside and it still scared the hell out of me. It's so good. Um, the only criticisms I have really are, are concentrated in three areas. The beginning, the end, and the character of Teddy. <laughs> so, so, and the and the one at the beginning sort of doesn't matter. And actually, on third viewing, uh, the the thing that annoyed me about the beginning when I first watched it the first time is that the first kind of slightly tense thing that happens is you hear a bump from somewhere, and um, and also and there's a, there's the the false scare where some things and I just kind of, I just kind of thought this is seems a bit um, a bit of a rote way to introduce something spooky happening. But what I realised on on rewatching it is that um, those two things are false scares. And what's re- really impressive about the movie is that there are no more false scares after that. There's only real scares. Mm-hmm. In a way, the opening actually lures you into a false sense of security because you kind of go oh i see the way this film's going to mess with me and then it sort of um, um also the opening's full of great touches that i only really registered on repeated viewings like the um the way the first thing you see in the film is emma's strangely distorted face looking like a spirit i think it's emma no it's Haley. sorry um because, and it turns out she's got some plastic over her webcam and she pulls it out of the way mm. to reveal her, you know, just things like that. But, um, there's and, and the use of, like, mirrors and things in the opening scene. So it's weird. So the, the opening is something that kind of annoyed me on first viewing that, but became more impressive as I watched it again. With the ending, it's the, the thing that um, I think... Stella and Ian, when we've been talking about found footage in the past, and also uh, Kirsty, when we were discussing what we do in the shadows, you know, I'm a bit of a stickler when it comes to found footage being justified in some way. Yeah. Why is this being filmed? And Host does 
that beautifully well for like 95% of the movie. But then right at the end, uh, characters pick up um, their cameras or their laptops and carry them around when there's no reason to because everybody else on the Zoom call is dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would dispute that, though, in terms of I think that's a, gen, it's a generational thing. Yes. I think us as... As slightly more mature people would be like, well, Nicely just put, put the fucking camera down. <laughs> like, why would you do it? But I think, you know, kind of, uh, you know, m- millennials or whatever. Um, <laughs> we're, we're millennials. Are. We're millennials. Millennials are old. Only just. Is it Generation Z? I think there's that. That. Yeah, there's that. That. Um, you know, kind of desire to kind of record, isn't there? And document lives for yeah, you know, even if it's just kind of completely innocuous. I I totally went with it as well because it didn't nothing nothing went off in my head that they would because no a it's recording. I get I guess are they recording it like we're recording this? I don't know. I suppose that's ever. I just I just it just didn't it just didn't. Um, I guess it's when people like when people go down into a cellar. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't make yeah. me go, "Oh my god, it's taking me out of the movie." Like when we talked about Paranormal Activity, it felt yeah. forced over and over again. Why are they filming no, this? If only I could speak. I am a podcast host. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I understand why they did it, and I'm and I defend it in the sense of I think it was I think the film was earned by that stage anyway. This is something that yeah. was in the last two minutes. Mm. It's done everything so perfectly; it's earned the indulgence, and that because they do that, they are able to give an extra jolt on the end of the movie, mm-hmm. which I don't know how they do in another way. And I think it probably did need it. Yeah, I think if you're being strictly realistic, right, the movie would end at the point. Where Gemma has broken into Haley's flat, yeah, and she steps into the kitchenette area, and the bottle flies in and just kill, knocks her on the head, and and you just cut to black there because she's dead essentially. Mm. However, if the movie did end like that, it would be a bit underwhelming yeah. and also it's potentially yeah. comic. Yeah, no, I, 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 it, I think I remember the first time I watched it, I was a bit like, oh, don't what end like that. And then they didn't, and I was so relieved. (laughs) Right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, and the other thing I just want to say is about the character of Teddy. So, I think he's great um, in the early part of the film where he's the the comic relief character who kind of disrupts the mood all the time, and then they take him out of it, which takes the comedy away, and that's great. But then when he comes back, all those stunts that, that they do and all that are amazing. Um, and I'm still so impressed by the fact that they actually set him on fire. On his face. However, <laughs> I just think um, uh, it's like it's spectacular, but not really frightening to me. And also, I, I, I think... Don't forget, the reason that we're all so scared by that point in the film is because we've seen all the events of the seance up to that point. Mm. He hasn't. And he comes in like a drunk person <laughs> and still still taking the mickey. Uh, but then, like, the demon appears and he, and he instantly goes, ah! and runs for his life. Um, <laughs> and, 
you, you know, there, uh, again, I can't think of a better way they could have done it. And I think that if you didn't bring Teddy back, you lose the opportunity for that escalation of yeah. visual spectacle that they they that they earn there. I, I, but I, I just, in a way, I'd be slightly inclined to just leave him out and never explain why he, he and Ginny vanished. I don't really agree. I mean, their um, their 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 intention, as as Rob said in the interview, was have a crazy third act. And I think yeah. what's great about that is expectations were, oh, this is going to be a sort of film that we go, oh, they did it on Zoom, well done them. And actually, it's yeah. better than Paranormal Activity. <laughs> it's better than it's actually better. It's not just oh, well done <laughs> them. It's on Zoom. It's actually. It's actually better than lots of those films, um, yeah. for my money. It's better than Paranormal yeah. Activity, and it's on a par with Blair Witch. You know, right. they're going to have amazing oh, careers on, yeah. the, on the back of this, I think. Well, well Rob's, Rob Savage is, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me... Just to take the edge off those points that I've just made... Um, <laughs> As I have seen the film three times, I don't know if I'd mention that. Um, you know, the the films that it reminds me of that really frighten me are not movies I could watch three times in a couple of months. You know, they're, they're, they're films I watch maybe once a year or every two years because you got to forget a certain yeah. amount of them in order to get the buzz back. This movie completely worked for me every time I watch it, and I've seen it three times in the last six weeks. And How many times? What's really struck me... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned it. Um, uh, what really struck me this time as well is that the tensions I started to build, like, immediately, um, even though I, I knew what was coming... Again, it just and in the early scenes when there's absolutely nothing sinister happening, I could just kind of feel it in my gut, that building sense, and I I love that yeah. cumulative sense of it, and I think that's quite rare. I think even really good horror movies don't establish tension and then build on it and keep building on yeah. it and keep building on it and keep building on it till the end. Um, you you know usually. Even though it's most of the really good ones, it's like they're entertaining and there are a few really scary bits. Mm -hmm. But this builds and builds and builds, and and that's what I loved about it. And yeah, there there are loads of little details which you don't notice the first couple of times. Uh, and I'm absolutely certain that I'm sure there's loads that I've still not noticed um, because I'm actually not a very attentive viewer. I'm sure there's a listicle um, somewhere, some clickbait. Listed them all. Some clickbait has probably listed them everywhere. Well, if we just do a Google search, it's probably 50, 50 things in the host you might not have noticed. I like to discover these things. And the one thing I, I noticed this time, right, and I rewound it to make sure I'd not imagined it, was you know the bit where it's just after um, Gemma has done the fake out. I've been contacted by a boy who killed himself mm, thing. Yeah. And then they realise that she was joking and they all go to the toilet. Mm -hmm. And there is this moment where none of them are on the camera mm. and Gemma's candle blows out by itself. Yeah, yeah. 
No, no, no. I, I think I think they do. Obviously, everything's a creative decision. But like we was, like we were saying about watching Paranormal Activity one, and I thought, you know, I wasn't a big fan of their creative decision to make it boring for half an hour, um, <laughs> and literally have nothing. But that was part of their decision at the time because that came out of the fact that everyone was obsessed with filming themselves. And that was still quite a new thing at the time. And it works in its own way. Everything's a decision. The fact that it is boring as hell makes you go, when's something going to happen? And then the idea is, when that door slams, you shit your pants. Whereas in Host, much more my speed anyway, they went straight up. They went, we're doing a seance. So straight away you're going, oh, they're doing a seance. That's scary. A seance where we're all... And I think it's brilliant, whether by accident or design, they tap into the fact we're all sat, isolated, and whenever you... That loneliness, when you click off a Zoom call, if you're in the house by yourself, and you go, oh, I was enjoying that quiz, or I was enjoying all that, <laughs> um, and suddenly you realise how by yourself you are, and then they've got that, but added in with the... Uh, added in with the... Uh, the fact that there's a seance been going on, there's a demon in the house. So I, th- I think it was, uh, I think it was brilliant. <laughs> you just have a spooky figure. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. I'm sure it's just your custom-made Zoom background. That's <laughs> okay. She's gonna, she's gonna come in and repeat the action. <laughs> We're just gonna see it going on and on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um. There's my spoilery thoughts, and you've heard uh, some of Ian's. So, Kirsty, how about yourself? Is there anything you'd like to say that you couldn't say in non-spoiler? Oh, um, oh, so many things. I mean, just just to go back to what Ian was saying about that, the the, the kind of the impressiveness of you know that that moment where, and it is entirely about Teddy and Ginny, isn't it? And and to to a certain extent, kind of the whole Emma thing, which Rob explained beautifully in the interview. Um, that moment where they go, oh, you know, or you sort of shift from, okay, you're doing low budget Zoom horror, you know, it's all very character driven and kind of atmosphere driven to holy crap, yeah, <laughs> you know, to the, you know, kind of Ginny's body being lifted up yeah, over the, so the swimming cool. pool. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, that's a kind of moment of kind of going, oh my God, I didn't know this, it was that kind of film and I was going to yeah. get that kind of level of, of visual spectacle. Um, which you know I thought was was really really well done. Um, the whole Caroline thing with her, you know, the setting up of the oh yeah I've done this fun you know loop you know the 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 Zoom yourself appearing in your Zoom background um, at the beginning kind of sets up the way that it is so well deployed mm-hmm. later. And that whole kind of the sm- uh, you know I said in the interview the kind of the smashing of the keys when you just see that kind of notification at the bottom of the screen of just you know kind of gobbledygook and kind of going oh my god what is that hinting at and then you know we kind of get that flash of her head <laughs> yeah. you know kind of I think that is possibly the biggest shock in the movie yeah yeah, yeah the biggest so well done so well done um so yeah and I think that also just the the kind of the I really liked um, the, you know, kind of Gemma appearing again at the end of the film in in Haley's flat, you know, kind of having, yeah, but also having established, you know, in the, immediately that they don't live far away. Um, yeah. That was really well done. Um, 
and that highlights like, the lockdown, doesn't it? That even though they're around the corner, they're still yeah apart. Yeah, but it allows in that kind of final act, if, if that's what we can call it, yeah. um, or the final kind of scene, is that you can kind of elevate the tension by bringing two of those characters physically together in the same space, and that you know kind of you know help, helped with that sort of sense of the you know kind of coming terror and you know the yeah the just the the finale of it i suppose yeah yeah no yeah i really like the fact that um the the way that um hayley and uh gemma in those moments well not well throughout the whole film really you see the kind of shift in their friendship Mm. between you know being um, just casual good friends at the start just friendly to then blaming each other for causing all the trouble to then eventually um Gemma goes to essentially rescue Haley at the end or try to and even that's in in the um the scene which I was just saying was unnecessary <laughs> where um uh Gemma goes through into Haley's room and finds Haley and they do an elbow bump yeah <laughs> because they're so conscious of not touching yeah. each other Oh, that's a lovely little bit. <laughs> yeah. And actually, the what struck me today was it's kind of almost you get, although most of that arc is kind of contained in that. There's like one scene where they start shouting at each other, blaming each other, but then something happens. I can't remember what it is. Something happens to one of them, and the other one is instantly so concerned. Mm. for the welfare mm. and you know that relationship yeah i think that's one of the well. one of its big strengths as well is they've really they've really really worked on the script like or the plot i should say because from my understanding is the script was quite loose but in terms of the yeah. beats of the plot absolutely brilliant mm. and really tight yeah, just it how like from rob yeah. but it sounds like from rob's interview it sounds like Obviously, they've edited it and edited it. He said that there was one called yeah, yeah. an hour and a half mm. or longer. But in, in terms of the in terms of the characters and whose story it is and all that stuff, that's why it would have felt especially rubbish if it had ended with Gemma being kicked, knocked out by a bottle. Because we open, we open with uh, Haley, don't yeah. we? I'm getting the names right. Yeah. We open with Haley, so we should close with Haley, and uh, and that's what we do. Mm. So there's just all these there's all these things going on um and they're all they're all working brilliantly when you look at you know i'm a i'm a plot man (laughs) apart from anything else um and so everything 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 works they all get killed by the monster in the house because of uh because of Gemma making you know making a stupid mistake but you know she's uh her last act on earth is to run and try and help a friend yeah 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 and and that stupid mistake that Gemma makes is such a great plot turn Mm. i think you know yeah the fact you've by by lying about a person a person who doesn't really exist you've created a mask and anything can come through and assume that mask i loved it Mm. when i was watching it i definitely went oh (laughs) yeah yeah, it's a real (laughs) It, again, it's just constant escalation yeah. all the way through. Stella, is there anything else you'd, you'd want to mention? Um, well, that I've got noted here from when I when I watched it the one time. And yes, you only watched it <laughs> once, one Stella. Time. But on balance, I thought it was okay for you to come on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but what I thought from from my weeks of careful pondering is that 
yeah, it was scary. It's definitely scary. And as you've all been talking about the different scary elements, I'm sat here going, oh, God, yeah. But the main thing is, and it is reiterating what we've all been saying, it's just the pacing of it was just really well done. At no point was I bored. At no point was I waiting for something. It just, it started, it did stuff, and then it ended, and that was perfect. Um, and I don't, so, because you're saying, you're thinking it's better than Paranormal Activity and all the various films that come before it. And I think... You know, it's sort of kind of worth saying that it's it is better than Paranormal Activity, but it's also it's learned from Paranormal Activity and the years and years of fan footage and the years and years of fan footage being you know derided by critics and by the press and, and by people saying you know it's not a proper film and it's it's taken all those things and it's made a new a new version of it. So I think in our in the interview with him we were talking about how it's like a new ghost watch and how ghost watch was a turning of the tide for what horror could do with television and I think having absorbed ghost watch and paranormal activity and Blair Witch and stuff like that I think host has become a new thing to do with this new platform now that everybody is having to use and it's definitely a turning point uh you know a watershed moment in horror in contemporary horror as we're looking at it now so yeah it is better than paranormal activity but it's it's learned from all of those films mm sometimes quite glaring mistakes but mistakes that have built in in my opinion and certainly my friend Shelley's opinion you know it's fan footage to be a really important part of the horror canon I think mm. and then the last two things I've got written down here is the bloody when she throws the blanket in her room and there's a figure under it ah <laughs> and then <laughs> ah, and then the footprints in the flower yeah and then the face filter that's floating. But yes, all those things, to go back to what I said at the beginning, which is why Owen's never going to watch this. <laughs> Ever. Because the more we've talked about it, because I thought, oh, maybe I could persuade him to watch it, but after, absolutely what, 20 not. minutes now? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, and also talking of <laughs> no. clever things that they... That's why they... It's just so many different things, because it has got these amazing special effects that they keep secret. But when you don't know about the film, you kind of go, oh, my God, that bit with the that bit with the duvet. Yeah. Closing yeah. down on oh, just her yeah. eye, you think, oh, oh that's yeah. so imaginative for a low-budget film. It's amazing, yeah. um, and then you don't expect. <laughs> you think, oh, it's going to be really creepy with no, with no budget and no effects, and then actually they have that, and then they have yeah. the special no, effects, which is why, so yeah. more than you're expecting. In a way, I think it's probably saved us from yeah. hundreds and hundreds of host movies, uh, Zoom horror movies, because <laughs> they had the idea and then they did it really well. Like they they smashed it, so it stands up with actual movies. So everyone else goes, "Oh, let's not bother now," because we'll be we'll be less than that. (laughs) Can I just say, with regard to the bit where she throws the sheet and it reveals the shape of of the demon, Mm. not only did that scare the heck out of me, but I think it's my favourite effect because I've just no idea how they did that. How did they do that? (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, that was a really good one because you knew <laughs> you knew it was going to be there. You absolutely knew it was going to be there. There was no way she was going to throw that blanket and it was just going to hit the floor. And you knew there was going to be a figure under it. And then, then when there's a figure listen, under listen it... Listening to your interview as well, the, the, the editor just yeah. needs a just unsung hero. Because it's amazing, like, the editing. What did he say? They stitched it together, held it together with sticky tape. The yeah. fact that it was probably they threw a blanket yeah. on a person, but they probably just... Did yeah. a really, really fast mm. edit. Yeah. So it's yeah. throwing blanket at nothing, throwing yeah. blanket at bloke. Uh, <laughs> that's probably that's probably yeah. how they did it. Her brother yeah. or whoever's in the house. Yeah. Her brother or whoever's in the house. Yeah. 
Although, sorry, just so, so there is a criticism though that there's been on on you know the internet particularly is the, the you know the result the end result question of what happens to Pat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah is he the dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, that, probably that's dead. That's a plot hole. But <laughs> at the same time, well, he's. I think we can safely assume that the demons killed him and he's upside down <laughs> in the house somewhere. Yeah. Or in, or you, you know, but um. I do have a, my only other thing which could be misconstrued or interpreted as a criticism, but is really a question, is a question that occurred to me uh, on repeated viewing, but not first viewing, which is <laughs> there's clearly something going on with Haley, And, you know, she's clearly unhappy from the start of the film, which is why she's already before been doing things like having seances and i don't think the film really explains no. that mm. is that a problem or is that okay i think it's okay yeah unless it's just her personality i guess she's, <laughs> she's, a, she's, bit sad. she's a bit of a sad person yeah. so maybe that's maybe that's enough yeah. yeah, I think maybe if they'd, you know, if that had been really sort of spelled out, it would have probably felt a bit clunky and a bit functional. Whereas yeah. the just that sense that she is unhappy and perhaps pursuing, you know, that kind of thing in order to, you know, kind of deal with something from her past just mm. makes her seem like a more kind of complex, well-developed character. They're, you know, they're kind of hinting at it rather than spelling it out. I'm sure they know what it is. I'm sure, absolutely certain it's deliberate, yeah. and I'm also certain that, well, well, nearly certain that if they did, they they probably had that conversation of, where can we put this? How can we insert this information yeah. into the film? Uh, nowhere, nowhere we can't yeah. because yeah. it's not like the others would have a conversation about her. No, you know, she's going to be there. Yeah, I bet. I bet if they ever had stuff like you know in a script, and you write. I haven't done that since since my mum dot dot dot, and then you go, yeah. oh, that's eggy, and you put a pencil through it, and then yeah. I bet you, but I bet you there is something like she lost her parents in a car crash or yeah. something, the sort of thing you'd have in a horror book. Yeah. <laughs> to, to uh, uh, but yeah, and it's it just feels eggy, because uh, yeah, no, no, but I, I, I mean, it didn't really occur to me that she that, that they hadn't given us some some information. I do think the stuff to do with Pat actually really annoys me now. Because it's like they forgot to they they missed out on a good death of a lovely old man, and it does feel a bit like they forgot about him rather than they did it deliberently. Mm. Um, like I got I've read so many different things I can't remember where I read I it but where I Rob Savage they, was saying he just assumes he's probably sitting he's probably sitting downstairs having a cup of tea and has a note with his music with, with his headphones on or something. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe he's in a sequel. I mean, they do. They they clearly didn't forget about him as such because when um, Caroline first hears the noises and goes out the room, she says, "Dad, Dad!" She shouts for him and, and he doesn't answer. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess watching it, I just assumed he was dead, and yeah. I kind of <laughs> then the movie went on, and then only looking back do I go, "Oh, we didn't get to see his body broken in a room." Mm. They, like, which does feel like an oversight, like just a quick flash of there he is, all twisted and wrecked, in the corner of a room. Maybe Caroline's dad just didn't want to have to do that makeup on himself. I don't know if he's an actor or what. I wonder if Caroline's dad, if actually 
that there, there could have been like a, like a sweet little kind of comedic moment where he's been he, dead he, 10 years he sort of sneaks out of the house to go and have a sort of illicit rendezvous with oh some, yeah you know. well they did set that dogging they're just saying he's gonna he's, like they should have had a post credits bit where he just comes in going you right love and uh, <laughs> with, his, cup of tea. with his packet of lamberts just be down the shop <laughs> well, well, guys, I think we're coming to the the end of our time. Um, does anybody else have something they really want to say about hosts? Well, I've written down the word ironing board after you were talking about the ironing board falling out being a false scare, but it's also oh, yeah. the only time it happens again is when you ex- is near the end. Yeah, it sets. So up it so it sets the up end. the a yeah. second false scare, which which is brilliantly timed because it's when you're expecting a demon to come and yeah, rip yeah. their face yeah, off. That's true. That's so true. it's everything's it, it mostly it absolutely works perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So and I wonder, also, I wonder, I wonder what they're doing them. next. Well, a lot, well, a lot. Yeah, a lot, well, a lot, a lot. It's funny because I I follow um Gemma. Oh, I did have a name up the screenwriter. Um, Wheelan? I yeah. want to say Wheelan. No, that's... <laughs> oh, is that someone else? Yeah. yeah. All right. Is that the actress? No, Gemma, yeah. no, Gemma Hurley, the screenwriter. I follow her yeah. on uh, yeah, Gemma, on yeah, Twitter. Hurley, yeah. And she, she was sort of asking for advice on how do you exactly set out a script for Zoom. And I just said to her, if you don't know, who does? And she went, you'd think so. <laughs> and so I sent, her the, <laughs> I sent her the script of the thing I did, you know, the short Zoom thing I did, which yeah. I wrote before I really knew what Zoom was. And so when we did come together to find out about Zoom and how the hell you make a film of it, I realised other oh, stuff in the script you don't can't do with Zoom or it's not how you do Zoom, and it's not Skype because that's kind of what I started off writing it as mm. without really knowing what it was. Um, but yeah, so we kind of discovered as we were just to make our ten minute film the sort of how uh, you could put a put a link at the bottom. Uh, of this podcast, Dan. But it's not it's not for a horror film, it's for like a nice thing for the Down Syndrome um, Association. Um, but set in lockdown. Um, but yeah, but just, yeah, I, and I just found myself going, well, it's kind of one scene. You just, you as everyone logs on, you introduce them with a slug line. And then as soon as everyone's on, you just go and intercut as you want <laughs> between these scenes. Because everyone's in the same room and and separate, and you just have to understand that, which is the new way of doing things. But yeah, so mm-hmm. the fact that she was asking how to write something set in Zoom made me think: Are they doing another Zoom? Well, yeah, they um, put a call out on Twitter a few weeks ago, just asking for people uh, in the UK, but preferably London centric, who had had access to cool stuff. Um, you know. So that they were, yeah, so they're kind of clearly working on something, you know, in the shorter term that might also sort of take that form, I would imagine. Um, but then there's all the other stuff that they've got, gone on. So I don't know, if, you know, if you mentioned Dan in kind of news, newsy bits. So I've been a bit busy um, <laughs> about kind of the That's Blumhouse fine. deal. Right. Yes, of course. Mm, yeah, oh, so yes. Kind of, they've signed on with Blumhouse for three, three pictures, I think. And that's mm-hmm. in addition to all the other stuff they got going on, Studio Canal and um, yeah, kind of BFI stuff. So yeah. they're busy, <laughs> and, but yeah. rightly so. Yeah, rightly yeah, so. yeah. This is yeah. Done know. right. Yeah. So. Uh, anything you want to mention, Stella? Finally. No. Um, you know, 
if you've listened to this and all these spoilers, then you should probably watch and it. And you haven't watched the film, then. <laughs> Curse you. Go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and tell Shudder that we sent you in case they want to sponsor us. <laughs> yes. Shudder, amazing, yes. amazing. Yes. Amazing um, Shudder. Yeah, we, we totally... I just want to say, although it's, it's already been hinted at, and obviously Rob talked about it, but just I think the editing in the film is so good. Mm. Yeah. And... I think they nailed the fact that, um, you know, in in the found footage genre, you can't ha- you can't show your hand as a director. But in a way, when you're on, when we're on a Zoom call and we got it set to speak of you, in a way we are all being directed by an invisible director who is some kind of algorithm in the <laughs> Zoom program oh, yeah. who just cuts to us when we make a slight sound. So therefore, the editor has that license, and actually, the the way they cut to like reactions to really sell certain moments is so sharp. Um, I think that's just fantastic. Although, um, as a final spoiler, I thought this was something you said, Stella. After I th- you must have at least gone back and looked at it a second time, even if you didn't watch it all the way through, because. I remember you saying that when you looked at it again, you noticed that when they were on Speak of You, it said Gallery View. And when they were on Gallery View, it said Speak of You. And you couldn't not see that now. Because I, I, I when, when I watched it the one time, I did notice oh, that. Yes. And then I, oh, that's very sharp. I just I, I span it back. So well, that that's just, because like, oh, yeah, that if is you look at your screen it? now, it says Speak of You. Because you click on that to get Speak of You. Ah, okay. so at the moment I'm on gallery view and it says speak of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So they didn't uh, make a mistake. Uh, <laughs> forget what yeah, I said. well, forget what I said. The film's perfect. The film's perfect. <laughs> for God's sake, right? Well, it, it, it would have been a big thing for them to just miss, wouldn't it? Yeah. Out of all the things they could yeah. get wrong about the Zoom interface. I thought it was. I thought it was brilliant that it, they did use Zoom, like they didn't have to fake some software. Yeah. Uh, like you said in the interview, yeah. because that, would have been bad. that was part of the scariness of it is we're all so used to what we're doing right now that mm-hmm. being at your computer and worrying about what's yeah. behind you yeah. is uh, is a feeling. Like I think the best way to watch it, I watched it on the TV, on the sofa, and I did find myself going, I feel like I've plugged my HDMI cable into the screen, which I sometimes yeah. do yeah. for Zoom calls. Yeah. But I imagine watching it on a laptop would be the real way of, like you said I in the interview, trying to I get it away. Laptop, yeah. trying, actually, I want to turn the yeah. Zoom call off. Oh, yeah. I'm not in I control of the Zoom call. I tried to move the mouse. I watched it on my laptop in head, with headphones on, and I was trying to move the mouse yeah. at one point. All right, guys. Well, I think we've covered host, or at least we've covered it to the extent that is possible in, in an episode. I'm sure we could talk about this movie for hours and hours. Yeah. But um, that's our promised spoiler review of host. I look forward to our spoiler review of whatever Rob gets out next, whichever one comes first. Mm. Um, but there we are, and I hope the listener has finally found, found that the film lives up to all the hype we've been giving it, because they certainly should have seen it by now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just Ian being killed. And it's the perfect note to end on. <laughs> I just thought I'd do that. Thank you, Kirsty. Thank you, Stella. Thanks, and Dan. Rest in peace, Ian. <laughs> <laughs>
So, Stella, what is your recommendation for this week? <laughs> it is a Netflix film. Um, I don't think it's been on there very long, actually. It's called Hashtag Alive. Now, while the hashtag at the start makes my teeth itch slightly, that's just the way it is. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a Korean film. It's a Korean zombie film. So we've got good, um, you know, good uh, previous with that, with, you know, uh, Train to Busan and Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a viral zombie, and I was looking at the synopsis, and it says a lone man in an apartment um, is cut off from everything. He's trying to find a way out. So I think it's focusing on one character and his um, descent to the ground floor. Now, if anyone's read um, Max Brooks's World War Z, one of the oh, stories right. in that is a guy, but I think it's in Japan. Um, a young man trying to get out of his sort of high-rise apartment. So I think there might be a bit of influence or, or crossover perhaps there with the with the storyline um, guy okay. stuck in high-rise apartment trying to get out while, you know, the whole viral zombie plague is happening in and around his apartment block. Um, but, yeah, it looks good. It looks like your typical Korean really sort of pelting along zombie viral drama, and it looks really, really good. I've not watched it yet, but it's on my list to watch this weekend. So, yeah, it looks definitely right up my street for sure so that's on netflix on netflix yeah hashtag oh, great. alive hashtag alive yeah. all right i all might right. drop the I hashtag when i talk in. about it though well no, but mind no, you that's no, that yeah. film about the rugby players clashed in the crashed in the mountains isn't it alive yeah alive <laughs> yeah yeah um i remember um the the bit in the simpsons where uh, marge is terrified of going on a plane so homer rents her a load of movies about uh, flights to calm her down and and he goes look marge these are all happy stories hero fearless alive <laughs> they're, and they're all about plane crashes um anyway oh dear, yeah. oh dear. so korean zombies check them uh, out <laughs> That's smashing. Uh, my recommendation for this week is something that I, I think you'll approve of, which Ooh. is Carrie. The original Carrie hey. is on Channel 4. No, sorry, Film 4 next Friday. Is it? Um, that's the 9th of October. I'll yeah, write that so. down. 9th <laughs> October. <laughs> it's been a couple of decades since I've checked that out, so I think it's well worth going back to. Yeah. And, um, there's... Um, uh, yeah, I, I was watching the documentary Hypernormalization this week. Have mm. you seen that? I've not, no. Um, Adam, Adam Gertz's documentary that's on BBC iPlayer. It's four years old. It, it's just always on the iPlayer. It's uh, it's an analysis of the modern um, social reality and the fact that um, in, in his analysis we all kind of live in a fake world. Oh, I think I did um, watch that and, when it was um, on the telly. Yeah, and and he kind of does an analysis that that everybody's um, because everybody's kind of basing their um, social norms and and things on untruths. Then there's a load of um, there's a strong undercurrent of of violence and disaster that everybody wants to build up to. And and to illustrate this, towards the end of the documentary, he uses loads of clips from Carrie. <laughs> Um, I think I did and see it's it. just like suddenly everybody's just covered in blood and screaming and running, <laughs> and, um, as we all are uh, at some time during the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I think we can relate. So, um, so I dressed I think as. I'm going to set the recorder for that. I dressed as Carrie Halloween last year. 
You know, I remember we, when we could go out and socialise and have Halloween parties and I was Carrie oh, last yeah. year. I don't know if I said this before, but yeah, getting back at 4am and having to wash off <laughs> all the blood. Did you use corn syrup? I didn't. I used. I thought I was being quite smart about it because I didn't want to be sticky. So top Halloween mm. tip, this one. I didn't want to be sticky oh. all night. So I put blood on the dress days and days before so it had time to dry. And then put on myself, I used um, a liquid lipstick because you can paint them on, but then it dries dry. So I had, oh, okay. so I sort of could draw the the stripes of blood down my face with that. And then I had fake blood in my hair. And again, I, I sourced one that wasn't sticky. So I was not sticky at any point during the evening. But then when I got home at 4am and I had to shower and I could get it out of my hair and I got it off my face, but I couldn't really get it off my back. So my back was sort of tinted, stripy for a, a good few days afterwards. <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I was it definitely does sound just like, like it Carrie was the getting smart home option. And having to shower right. and bathe it all off and sit there sadly in a bath. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I like the um, the preparation that goes into non-sticky blood. That would just be uncomfortable, wouldn't it? You wouldn't be able to, yeah. you know, I was seeing lots of friends that for that night out and I, I wouldn't be able to hug anyone. So yeah, I thought about yeah. it and I was Carrie, but I wasn't sticky. But it was a bugger to get off at, at 4 a.m. <laughs> well, no, I, I can imagine. But, um, oh, great work. <laughs> well, going to a Halloween party in a fancy dress. Yeah. I've not done that for too long. I think last time I did it, I was a sort of John Lennon zombie communist. <laughs> just because I just wore <laughs> a few things that I had access to. A Russian hat, some Lennon specs. Um, oh no one person commented I looked more like Robin Gibb actually Um, so I said the Robin Gibb zombie communist but um, obviously I'm I'm a big hit when it comes to these fancy dress bars (laughs) I dressed up my friend actually for his stag do uh, as a a zombie Margaret Thatcher that was a good one oh right for his stag do yeah I, I this isn't really relevant, is it? But I I did loads of nice little um, additions with it. So I did I made, did him a wig and did his zombie makeup and I did a blue dress, got him a handbag, and then I made um, you know those little milk bottles that you kids at nursery get. So I got a lot of empty oh, yeah. milk bottles because my daughter was still in nursery then, and I strung them around his neck to make a necklace because she took the milk away, didn't she? And then I also right, got yes, some little I remember. Uh, like action men figures and I painted them to look like miners and then I made little nooses and hung them with it so they were hung around his <sighs> neck as well. Wow. <laughs> it was really good. Anyway, we should probably let people no, get on with their day. <laughs> no, no, I think that was some good horror-inflected political commentary good. going on there. Mm. Very, 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 um, very in- invective. I can't think <laughs> of the correct adjective, but that will have to do. Um, brilliant. Oh, well, thank you so much, Stella. Yeah. Um, it's been fun once again, mm. and um, we're going to have a load of Grimfest stuff um, over the next few days. And then I, I think, well, you'll certainly be back in some form next week because yeah. we'll be reviewing some of the films, mm. and you've recorded um, a review for us, haven't you? Um, and um, yes, yeah, so hope so. So basically, listeners, it's Grimfest. You've got a few days left to register, um, listen to all our previews, and get excited because there's some fun stuff there and some clever filmmakers and we'll be back to share our thoughts about them but if you want to actually see the movies um you know get a shift on because <laughs> they're only a few days away get and they're only on. going to be there 
for a moment. So, all right. Thank you so much, Stella. Right, thanks, Dan. Thank you so much, listeners. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye bye. You have been listening to, and now the podcast starts. Produced and released by Ambidextrous Solutions Limited. Presented by Stella Gaynor, Kirsty Warrow, and T.D. Velasquez. With special guests Rob Savage and Ian Winterton. Special thanks to Greg Hume for our original theme music and to Brian Gorman for our original artwork. All dialogue and music clips from films, TV shows, and trailers are used for the purposes of criticism in the spirit of fair dealing as defined in UK law and fair use as defined in US law. No copyright infringement is intended. Please visit our home on the web, www.andnowpodcast.com for more content and contact details. Or visit our Facebook pages at andnowpod or at Lee Cushing Pod. Follow us on Twitter at And Now Podcast or at Lee Cushing Podcast. If you'd like to donate to us, please visit patreon.com forward slash And Now Podcast. And now the podcast stops. <laughs>